1: Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people, present Raise the Roof every fourth Wednesday of the month. We advocate for affordable, secure and appropriate housing. So listen up every fourth Wednesday from 6 to 6.30 on 3CR 855 on your AM
0: dial. Uh, that's right. This is the Housing for the Aged Action Group show. My name is Shane. You're on 3CR. Um, thanks to Renegade Economist for a great show. And I'm joined in the studio today uh, by Pam uh, and April. Thanks, you both, for coming in. Thank, Thank you. you, Shane. Um, so, April, uh, by the time this goes to air, April will have <laughs> re- retired from HAG uh, after a lengthy and distinguished career. Um So I wanted to get her in one last time to tell us some of her, uh, some stories about her experiences, both at HAG and at the sector more generally. Um, So... Uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that you got your start in the sector working as a, in the public tenants union but before it was... Yeah,
1: um, first off um, with um, South Melbourne Council, so um, decades and decades ago before amalgamations even. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a federally funded um, program that recognised um, how disadvantaged public housing tenants were mm-hmm. and often disenfranchised from their local community. So it was a job doing community development on public housing... Uh, estates about council services Mm. and trying to ensure that people utilise them all, particularly older people Um, but from there it was the beginning of um, I suppose the formal public tenant movement, there'd always been great housing activism in um, Victoria and our beautiful Molly that we heard just before Mm. Um, Molly and other people, a lot of people in the West, um, who came from the Housing Commission Tenants Association who had fought for um, you know, particularly improvements to the old concrete stock. So mm-hmm. this was in the late 70s, early 80s, and when housing had been built, you know, for the Commonwealth Games and around that, that, mm-hmm. that time. So, and houses were starting to fall apart. So they were particularly um, campaigning around those issues, but they were particularly strong on um, rent issues. Rents kept going up and up. Um, as a priority housing system was introduced mm-hmm. um, and marginalising the, the system even further. they Because at that time when they were active, of course, it was workers. It was mainly um, housing for working people. Yeah. Um, and so wanted to keep that, um, mm-hmm. saw, saw that need because workers would always struggle. We were never going to get great pay rises. Um, and um, a real commitment to making sure that the system wasn't um, further marginalised. However, here we are. (laughs) I don't know that we've, um, you know, of course we've achieved things, but, you know, here we are. Um, When I first started in in housing in um, uh, 1984, we were particularly um, saying that, um, you know, if you... um, didn't keep expanding the, the stock and you were selling off because that was the time of the sell-offs. Mm-hmm. And we ran um, particularly large demonstrations, um, particularly at the sites where they, they were selling off, that you'd end up with, with nothing. And, and here we are to, today in an well, even greater housing crisis. We said then there's a housing crisis now <laughs> and if you don't do something about this. but um, And I think at the, in those days we were talking about waiting lists being about 15,000 and, as we know now, some, um, you know... If we talk about I'm individual sure. people, it's, hundred, you know, the tens 90. Of, tens of thousands, yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting to think about you you holding those rallies on sites back then and, you know, today we're seeing, again, rallies on site in public housing estates yeah. uh, opposing the sell-offs and yeah. handovers of that stock. Um, but the stock wouldn't be there if those people hadn't rallied back then. Yes, yes.
1: That, that's right. And, and they were particularly strong about, um, for older people, there's a real push on in those um, days, through the particularly the mid-'80s, that a lot of people that had first moved into public housing, and um, a number of those are still our, our members, mm-hmm. but of course they'd moved into three-bedroom stock and raised their, their families, and rather than building stock, we know that the department and the government always tinkers around the edges in terms of people's eligibility and making it harder. Mm-hmm. Um, to you know, to justify moving the waiting list, and there there were a group of about ten women, particularly in um, South Melbourne, um, Preston Denise Muir was one of those women as mm-hmm. well, who's still a member, who's of an Ag. active member of ours, and particularly out in the West on the Braybrook Estate, um, who fought a really great campaign, and the policy is in still in today, that um, you shouldn't be moved on. Um, into smaller stock, um, Mm -hmm. particularly one bedroom, because, you know, as the policy stands, if you're a new applicant, that's what you'd be eligible for. But recognising that that was people's homes, um, Mm. you know, children still can't come back as they do in home ownership families. Um, And that was really important. And they they won that. And they, um, you know, talk about the the monthly rallies that some of the um, defend public housing groups are having, mm-hmm. but these women would march every week, <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be at yeah. the front of their local local members and really shaming them. They 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 were just amazing activists yeah. and and really skilled. And they actually did that um, while they were working full time. A lot of them were actually nurses. The South Melbourne and Port Melbourne women were nurses down at the old. Um, uh, Prince Henry's Hospital, uh, yep. which is an apartment mm-hmm. site now, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, they were just fantastic. And as I say, that policy is still in today. Mm-hmm. That if you are in stock that you're not bedroom eligible for, you will not be be forced out. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: it's one of those things that people think is just you know being handed down benevolently from some oh. old old you know nice nice social no. democratic government. But these are no. all conditions that people yeah. fought for and won.
1: There was nothing ever happened. Are handed down to public yeah. housing tenants. Exactly. Yeah. They they were... When I first started um, uh, on the estates in um, South Melbourne, the first high-rise that was built was the Dorcas Street estate mm. and I was based in the walk-ups across the road. But um, when I first started door knocking people um, about, you know, getting together or what the issues were, I, I'll never forget seeing the old brass plaque that was in the foyer, which actually said people were not to congregate, in, <laughs> in the and and no more than two people were to <laughs> were to um, be seen, um, you know, organising to, together. It actually had that up as a condition yeah. of your your stay, and and that was in response to mm. the Housing Commission Tenants Association and mm. the. Work that they were doing. Um, and I remember when we held our first meeting on, on the estate, um, probably about three months later, um, a senior um, housing officer at the South Melbourne office, which was directly across the road from the estate. So it was like you... And they had all these windows on the shop front, on the street front. And it was sort of like it, when we first started, And people say, oh, no, we have to meet around the back of the building because, you know, <laughs> Joe's up there and he's he watching. At you. <laughs> but um, we started off the meeting and... Um, and it had been a while since people had come together. And so we put up this huge red and white tent and everybody came. It was a, a wonderful thing. But um, two officers from the, um, it, was, uh, it was the Ministry of Housing then. It had just changed from the Housing Commission because yeah. of the land scandal. Um, mm-hmm. deals that had happened and where you know those officers had been jailed so it was you know it became part of the ministry rather than a, um, a commission mm-hmm. um, anyway two of the officers turned up and you know went to the front of the meeting and, and said no one is to be meeting here you didn't get permission to meet <laughs> on the estate on public <laughs> land and and we're even p- pointing out people in the in the audience and saying and you Layla you know better than this we've <laughs> told you before oh, <laughs>
0: for goodness sake so yeah. Yeah. I mean when, when we talked to Carmel on this show a while ago mm. who was a long-time HAG member who sadly passed away last year. One of the things that she emphasised is just how much disrespect there was from the commission and the ministry staff towards public housing tenants in those days. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's part of that. Mm. Um, so I also wanted you to talk a bit about some of the work that you did to actually prevent evictions in the United Yeah,
1: so um, uh, in the early 90s, what, what had happened was um, the Ministry of Housing came into the... <laughs> into the new age and, and introduced a uh, IT system hmm. and how and and the particular effect it had was on um, rent collection because rent had always been collected on a lot of estates at offices which were basically the yep. old tin sheds yep. at the end, yep. of, end of people's streets yep. and everyone would go down and hand over the cash, yep. wouldn't oh, we'll get a receipt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and there'd always been issues around, uh, particularly when the land scandal stuff came out, but also issues of corruption around rent collection. So they went to an IT system. They did have rent ledgers. Um, and a lot of people were in arrears because it was just so, you know, hap- haphazard. So um, the Auditor General raised it in public that the um, level of rental arrears was um, appalling, and I can't remember what it was. So they introduced the rental arrears policy, which is fairly much still in effect today. Um, we asked for a moratorium on the people that they were actually um, taking to to VCAT, and they put people on agreements, but a lot of tenants actually owed thousands and mm-hmm, thousands. Yeah. Mm. And so agreements for that, you know, you may, may as well, and people, and we had a priority housing system in then, mm-hmm. so it was that people were basically had to be on, on benefits. Um, and so asking people to pay back thousands of dollars in arrears, you must have been asking them well. for a for mm. million dollars, hence the yeah. campaign on the moratorium. Um, but under P- Barry Pullen's um Uh, ministry um, there was a real crackdown and they became really serious about um, we will be showing you that if you're in public housing you will be paying and it became a system of them not even listening to um, why people can't pay um, those huge debts back but you will be paying and treated people very much as if they didn't want to pay their rent which wasn't true (laughs) just Mm -hmm. wasn't true So they did move to fairly, um, to really violent measures of evicting people. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time really that we'd seen such wide-scale evictions, violent evictions um, by police Mm -hmm. um, since the um, slum reclamation days, I suppose, and evictions that were happening through the 30s. Most of the people that were being evicted were single women with children Mm -hmm. and talking about... Really young children, most of the ones that we defended. So um, after the, the first one happened and um, the women and um, kids, um, this happened in Braybrook, were really um, manhandled and assaulted um, mm-hmm. by police. Um, really horrendous scenes. Um, we then set up, um, I, I suppose, eviction squads to stop that from happening. The main aim of getting publicity and really embarrassing the the minister. Mm -hmm. Um, We held occupations outside um, area offices um, that didn't allow area staff to to get in. Anything and everything that we could do, including um, stopping the the evictions physically, so resisting police. Mm -hmm. Um, The most tricky ones... (laughs) And the ones that really terrified me the most were um, particularly in walk-up estates. And it's true to say that I, I had this th- theory at one stage that everyone that was um, deemed to be evicted always lived on the fourth floor
0: <laughs> of, of
1: the walk-ups. And I thought, is this linked to that people can't get out to pay their rent? <laughs> or um, anyway, but um, there was always um, – the police saw it as a bit of sport as well. They hated public housing tenants mm. and – and um estates and um they they were really biased um and particularly to to these single women so when they evicted people they um turned up in um, force we'd always have 20 30 cops um turn up who would mm. do a bat and charge up the up the stairwells um and yeah really That's scary yeah That's scary yeah. Yeah. Sad thing about um, the rental arrears policy and what's um, happening today is that our current minister, Martin Foley, was a tenant worker at that time and was involved in resisting those evictions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to think that um, you know public tenants aren't really faring much better is, is mm-hmm. really sad. But um, we a lot of that happened around South and Port Melbourne. And one of the really encouraging things about how the community rallied Um, I remember on three or four occasions that the local wharfies, um, because at that stage, we still had some working people, particularly on that South Mm. Melbourne estate, um, who did work down at the docks. Um, So they'd organised a lot of their blokes um, from the the union and um, we'd call them up and they'd come down and and they'd actually be at the front of the line to to resist (laughs) the the police. But um, the police got really serious and... When it got to um, bashing down the doors, which were steel-enforced doors on, on those estates, yeah. still are to, to this day, they did get out the heavy equipment um, to do the, the charge and knock it down. And again, as I say, women and kids inside... Um, we supported those. They were really active campaigns and we supported those women. We um, knew of vacancies on, on the estate. would just set them up again. <laughs> Very stressful times for, for everyone, particularly those women. But they mm. were really strong. And eventually um, we did... The, the government back down on, on particularly those individuals. Was If we did priority housing applications, new ones for them, they'd consider them. And so that became rehoused and then the debt couldn't be followed up. Mm. So... But, um, yeah, we needed to go to extreme measures. All
0: right. Um, so I also want to make sure that I get down the Frank Hardy story. Can you tell us the, the Frank Hardy story?
1: Well, when we started to get publicity, uh, of course, we had a lot of um, uh, people like Frank come and support us, a lot of um, previous um, Uh, Eureka Youth um, Mm. people that then went to the Communist Party so they came down but um, Frank viewed us very much as novices in in (laughs) in, in our strategies and um, remember one morning he came down and we'd always, you know, the cops um, would always arrive at 6 so we'd have to be there at 5 and We'd work out so you'd say, What's the strategy for today? And you say, Well, when we cover this stairwell and, and he'd go, But down the other end, there's an open stairwell with an open walkway. What are you people doing? It's sort of like So um anyway, he he was really good because he said, I'll show you how it's how direct action gets the goods is done. Um and let the judge and I gotta say, you know, and one of the, the funny things, particularly the cops at one stage, was that um Frank was um um, defending, we we're all standing behind him because one of the other strategies was that all the women um, would be the ones that would defend the stairwell. Mm. On the on the theory, this is for some of our male workers, <laughs> that the cops would go easy on us It was never the case. Um, but um, yeah, so Frank Frank was um, at at the front trying to, to stop that and um, and saying, don't don't you know who I am? <laughs> We don't give a shit who you are, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, um, and we particularly when we picketed um, head office in Elizabeth Street, um, which is at the same time as the the tram strike. If people remember that, and all the yeah. trams <laughs> that were lined up in Elizabeth Street, um, Frank certainly. Um, assisted us to successfully defend um, that building and that picket went on for about three or four four weeks. Yeah. yeah, right.
0: All right. Well, we're going to have to hear a couple of community service announcements and then we'll be back uh, talking some more to April.
1: Darabin Council is conducting a review of everything it does to support people over 65 and we want your input. Whether you're an older Darabin resident, approaching retirement, or have ageing parents or loved ones, this review is relevant to you. We need all perspectives on how we can make Darabin an age-friendly city. For more information, visit our website on www.darabin.vic.com. Gov.au or call Darabin Council on 8470 8470 to speak in your language. The City of Darabin is a 3CR supporter. ACR is in the running to receive nearly $100,000 to help us retrofit our station for greater accessibility. That means better handrails, doors, taps, ramps, and more to provide improved access for everyone. But we need your support. Do you live within 5 kilometres of the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy? If you do, you're eligible to vote for us. Our project is part of the Victorian State Government's Pick My Project Scheme.
0: And you can jump online and vote for 3CR's Community Radio Accessibility Project by going to 3cr.org.au.
1: It's only with your vote that we can receive this important funding to make our station more accessible.
0: Ah, uh, this is the Housing for the Aged Action Group show. Raise the roof on 3CR. My name's Shane, and I'm here with April and Pam. And uh, Pam, you've got some questions that you wanted to ask April as well. After I dominated the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the start of the show, I have
1: uh, April. Uh, what yeah. What would be the one thing that you would hate to see Hague to Hague ha- to, loo- to lose? Yeah. I I guess this has been particularly relevant to us the the last couple of years and particularly since we got the funding for our Home at at Last service and how we juggle, you know, being a service provider. and remaining a, a politically politically active group, which we mm. we we must do. So, um, one of the thing, and and of course, our service work is is about our activism as well. So, um, one of the things is to, to stay strong, um, yeah. politically strong, yeah, and and politically brave. Um, everyone's heard about the you know the, the turmoil that we've been in for for the last two years in the department. Um, you know, threatening to to take our our funds away, and that was really unjust because the allegations against us, which have been proved to, to be wrong, wrong mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, weren't weren't true. But um, that that action, and we we did need to stare them down to a certain extent. So to never forget, yeah, what, who we are and what we are and why we're there, is, right. is the most important thing for me. Yeah. Great. And what would be the most satisfying victory that you think? Um, Well, apart from all the um, historical ones, and I I need to pay tribute to, um, you know, our our former members, people like Edith and and Molly, but um, particularly my comrade, Jeff, Uh, over the years, we've Mm. both been, um, you know, we're both baby tenant workers um, together. So some of those, um, particularly policy um, issues. you know, wins that, that we have that may seem small but they, they weren't small to, to achieve, that, that's for sure. Um, and that's about not, um, you know, particularly um, public tenants not having um, their tenancy conditions watered down, the additional ones that they have regarding transfers and all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in recent times I, I've got to say and how proud of everyone um, that, that I was the fight that we took up to retain our funding during that period of time, the the attack was internal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you you can basically you know put up the fight for anything external, but internal. It's extremely Hard. difficult, mm. and to have come out the other end is is an amazing um, achievement. Um, to well to all the staff, yeah. to, to our members, our members were were amazing, um, and to think that that's all over now and we have a bright future is is really wonderful. Fantastic. Now, what will you miss? most and what won't you miss <laughs> um, well I, I I've been the most fortunate worker um, I, I'm really passionate about people having housing it's just something that that's in me um, I drive myself crazy when people get property offers I design you know I, <laughs> I, I rearrange their furniture and you know um, but um, one of the most important things for, for me personally and um, and Professionally, it's always been that someone has decent housing. Without decent housing, it's almost... I mean, it's... Your your life is just so awful. Um, I've I've always been amazed that when people lose their their housing through you know um, fire flood all that and we have appeals for it and how terrible it is that people have lost their housing and
0: yes. you know and everyone relates to it. Yeah. but
1: nobody cares if you're actually homeless. No. Well, silent yeah. nobody cares. But we don't have the same out- community the outpouring of, exactly. of that, and it's exactly yeah. the same. It means everything. True. So that's um that's what I miss and the people that I've met along the way of just, just been amazing and mm-hmm. you know every, from that very first day I started door knocking on on that public housing estate and I think I only did about four um, houses that day or flats that day because everyone was talking, wanted to give you a cup of tea. I'd never met a more friendly group of people and that's why I'm so passionate about um particularly on on housing estates or clusters of housing because people Mm. support each other. Um, You know, when you're in the suburbs by yourself, the days are very long. You'd never be lonely um, in public housing estate or cluster. That's for sure. The things, and of course I'll I'll, um, miss everyone at HAG, you know, my comrade. Comrades that I get to work with daily, who all do amazing um, stuff. I guess the thing I won't miss is sitting on the freeway <laughs> every morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the poor stuff. I don't know what they're going to do without my my daily traffic report about <laughs> how bad the traffic is in the west but um yeah. but yeah there no, should I... be a carpool meditation i think you know that you sit when you're sitting in traffic you've got some meditation yeah. that you can do well <laughs> the things that have changed over the years was that and because i do spend so much time in traffic and with bluetooth you actually work like i can actually oh <laughs> yes yeah yeah, return calls yeah. so never a lost moment but I, i've been so fortunate I'm really well, lucky.
0: Look, we are, I'm afraid to say, almost out of time. Uh, well, not
1: quite yet, because while this is, might be <laughs> said to be such an occasion, the big occasion we have today is Shane's 40th <laughs> birthday. <date. So laughs> so, you know, Even Shane. Your no, you're not going to edit it out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to edit it
0: out. The, uh, the occasion was the day we recorded this, not the day it's going to air, just to let you know. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot um, about that. So, but
1: anyway, for today, Shane... Very, very, very happy birthday for this
0: big birthday. Well, thank you. I'm going to play my, one of my favourite songs <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> <is out laughs> a song as a birthday present <laughs> to myself. Um, but can I just say, April, uh, you're the first boss I've had who I've <laughs> never once thought about breaking your legs. Uh, the greatest compliment that I could. I think I could pay to you. Um, so just before we go, uh, if, you're, if you want to grab a pen or paper, I'll give you out some contact information if you need to get in touch with us. So if you're an older person in Victoria and you've got a housing problem, uh, whether that's that you need to find housing or you have a problem with uh, a retirement village manager or whatever your housing problem might be, um, please give us a call. The number is nine six five 7389 I'll say that again. It's nine six five four seven three eight nine. Uh, April, is there any anything you want to say before we finish up? <laughs> no, Last words? No, just thank you, everyone. And um,
1: keep tuning into 3CR. And thank you, Shane.
0: Yeah, so we'll be back next month, uh, me and Pam, with some more uh, news and interviews we about will. older people's <laughs> housing issues. <laughs> Um, during the break, you missed out on some great stories from Pam about her own, uh, <laughs> her own public housing experiences, so maybe we'll unearth some of those, as well as updating you about the Residential Tenancies Act review, uh, some movements in retirement village uh, politics and legislation, and who knows what else we might have by the time next month rolls around. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, this is one of my favourite songs for my own birthday, So Emotional by Whitney Houston. Thanks very much for listening. Great.